Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Wally Bell Show. We are produced and broadcast by the Zeus Radio Network for Racers Reunion Radio. And it's a kind of a dreary night in Virginia. And George Nye said it's raining up in Pennsylvania. Jeff's in sunny Myrtle Beach. And Gordy's in sunny Arizona. So we're all here for you. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm doing doing great. Excellente. Well, George, I'm upright. With, I was going to say, if we're upright and, and we... Uh, we're on the green side of the grass. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My dad used to say very simply, it's, uh, it's a good day. I can see the sun and I peed. You know, and, and, uh, <laughs> when you get older, you, got, you understand that, don't you, Court? God. No, because the doctor keeps giving you water pills if you don't. Uh, that's true. That's true. Well, George and I, I want you to... Uh, to, uh, and your head looks and roll like one on, of them uh, shrunken uh, skulls that they find in the jungle. Yeah, exactly. Well, George, take over and talk about your Saturday in Dauphin, Pennsylvania. Dauphine or Dauphin, Pennsylvania. I've heard Bruce say it both ways. Well, what kind it, of a day it, was it? It's Dauphin, and I'll give you a little history of Dauphin real quick. Um right to the west of where Bruce Larson and Dauphin lives. That was French and Indian territory back in history. And the Dauphine was the heir to the throne like a prince. So Dauphin is named for the heir to the throne. I think it was Henry the, or excuse me, Louis the 14th or something like that. Um, Anyway, that's that's how it got its name. But of course, today it's a racing haven for Bruce's barn. Why, um, every year, and I guess it's well over 10 years now, uh, up at Bruce Larson's barn, and it is just that. It's a converted farm barn in Dauphin, Pennsylvania, just about a half mile outside of the town. Uh, Bruce every year has his drag fest, and uh, it's becoming quite popular, but I think it was extremely popular here two weeks ago because it was, in fact, well, actually last week, but it was, in, fu- it, it was in fact, uh, a wonderful event because... The weather was perfect. It just couldn't have been better. It was gorgeous. Yeah, it it, it was. And uh, by the way, we had a lot of our chat people there. We had a Barb, of course. She was she was here, uh, and it was up there. And uh, also Jack Red, J. A. Jack. He he was there. You know, keeping everybody under line. Um, We had Lynn Mort Morton was there, and Rich Panacaro and Rich Pappy Steve was there. And so there were a whole group of people. But what was so interesting, all the cars that are on display, uh, most of them are, are true drag cars, and many of them are in process of restoration. Some are, uh, we have, you know, dual-blown flathead engine dragster. Uh, we have uh, we had a couple other things up there. But we had uh, some other people there. We had Darwin and Pat Dahl, a former Division One director. Uh, we had, of course, Bruce Larson. He is the most genuinely nice, low-key person there possibly could be. But at that show, at that get-together, you can pay $10 for a pass, if you wish, and then you can go inside the barn. But you don't really need to do that. There's plenty to see for free outside of the entire uh, barn. And I see Bill Pratt just popped on. Bill was there, too. We had a wonderful time. I I, I missed him. Uh, He was there also. But anyway... Um, 
So you, you can go there literally for free if you want to and have a wonderful day or as long as you want to spend time there. But when we went inside, a whole group of us, and there were some awards presented, and uh, one was in particular a nostalgia award to the SNS Racing, SNS Racing Team. And um, Gene Haltizer was, of course, uh, uh, mentioned and, and, and uh, given his due in the way of honors. He's such a nice man. But Fred yes, Mayer was also there, part of the SNS Racing Team, and he was actually given a for real Wally. And nobody knows how he got that thing. Maybe Bill Pratt does, but I sure don't. But um, anyway, so it was quite an event. But while we were standing in the barn, I looked over my shoulder, and there was Jungle Pam. Yeah. And oh, that's cool. That's shortly cool. right after that, there was Jenkins. Bill Jenkins was there. And he looking pretty good, by the way. So oh, that good. it was just, it was just a, a, a wonderful Saturday get-together. And if you're ever in the Harrisburg area or up above Harrisburg and Dolphin, that's where you need to be uh, in November. It's just, it's just fantastic. Well, George, thank you. George, hang on. Tom Cotter's on the line. Tom, good evening. How you doing? How you doing, Wally? Good, good, Tommy. How are you? Oh, doing just fine. I got two books to finish by January 1st, so I've kind of got my hands full for the rest of the year. <laughs> I swear. I swear. Well, you heard George talking about uh, Bruce Larson, and, and I was going to mention, George, it's great that Bruce has always remained the way he is, and he's a world champion, man. That yep. uh, that when you go in that barn and see the championship car there, uh, Tommy, have you ever been up to Bruce Larson's place? I haven't, no. But you know, just recently somebody sent me a, an old picture from the uh, Winter Nationals of Pomona, 1965, and it was a 289 Cobra drag car. Mm-hmm. And yep. I, I guess I don't, I don't think Bruce drove it, but his name was on there as the tuner. Oh, he drove it. He drove it. Yeah. It Costello and, and Larson. Larson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep, that's it. Yeah, that, uh, I was going to say, George announced those guys at York lots of times. What, uh, what books are you doing, Tom? Well, I'm doing another Barn Find book, which is, this is number five, believe it or not. It's uh, a motorcycle uh, Barn Find book called The Harley in the Barn. So that'll that'll bring it to the Cobra in the barn, the Hemi in the barn, the Vincent in the barn, the Corvette in the barn, and now the Harley in the barn. All about kind of you know uh, treasure hunting for for cars, and uh, they're they're selling well. And then the second book I'm writing is called uh, Rock and Rollers, behind the wheel with rock and roll's greatest gearheads, and it's about rock and roll musicians who are car enthusiasts or bike enthusiasts. So I'm you know, meeting kind of the heroes that I've had, you know, musical heroes I've had as a kid, and I get to go backstage to them and talk about cars, bikes, stuff. It's pretty cool. It is cool. I've I've got a buddy, Tom, that uh, I've got to get a book to you, the uh, uh, the Vincent in the Barn, you know. he uh-huh. uh, He's crazy about it. This guy's one of the big uh, collectors up in Virginia here, you know, in this area of Virginia, and, and I... I, uh, he knew that you were on our show, and he said, "Boy, is there some way we can get that signed?" I said, "Absolutely." So we'll. Oh yeah, no problem. In fact, I'm looking for stories right now uh, of, of bikes that are uh, that have cool stories attached to how they were found. It doesn't really matter what kind. It can be a, a Honda Fifty. It can be a, a Vincent Black Shadow. 
It doesn't. It can be any kind of bike as long as there's a cool story about how it was discovered. So if any of your listeners have uh, you know stories, uh, I can give you my email address and and they can send them right to me. Absolutely. Well, Tommy, that I was going to say anybody that wants to get a hold of Tom Cotter can just uh, shoot us an email here at uh, at Drag Racers Reunion, and we'll get you hooked right up with Tommy and. Once again, Tom, we look forward to uh, a little bit later in the winter talking a whole bunch about this, and and uh, I don't think there's any problem getting some some additional uh, info. I know I touched Gary Nixon's uh, last flat track championship bike a couple of weeks ago out at Don Waz oh. Harley Davidson place, and uh, oh. Don bought it from from his uh, wife, his widow, and. Oh. Uh, I'll tell you, those guys had stones, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, unbelievable. Jeez. Yep. And uh, the uh, you know, I wrote the Tommy Ivo biography, and that's that's really selling quite well. I'm I'm really pleased with that. You know, and Tom, it, it's given Tommy a whole new lease on life. Is you know, he's 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 going on you know book signing tours and speaking engagements, and he's going to drag strips and. You know, because he kind of disappeared for the last 25 years, and and now suddenly he's in the limelight again, and and uh, I really feel good about that. It's 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 quite a wonderful metamorphosis that Tommy's gone through. Um, you know, because he's not in the best of health, and he's 70, no. I think he's 76 years old. But you know, having lived a life around top fuel cars and and breathing, you know, breathing those toxic fumes and you know all the vibration and the crashes he's had in his life, whatever. He's just not in the best shape. So this has really given him a new career. It's pretty darn terrific. Well, Tom, what I'm what I'm trying to do, because your generous offer of giving a book, uh, you know, a signed book to a contest winner, I just want to make the contest a very relevant, good contest. And uh, totally honest, I told you last time I shot you an email, I'm trying to come up with a proper contest so that, that uh, we can get somebody that beautiful book from you. I've, uh, I could tell you the book is awesome. I could tell you that. I, I, my daughter was way ahead of me. I had gotten her something, and and uh, I opened the mail one day. It was a beautiful box here, and that's what it was. So someday I'll get you to sign my copy. But but uh, we're gonna we want to have that contest and do that. But but you know, next year, Tom, if your schedule permits, you heard George. Night talking about Bruce Larson's open house. You really have to experience that to really. It's it's so cool because while you're there, you're bumping shoulders with Lynn Paxton and numerous other sprint car racers from that era because that area because Bruce Larson and all those guys are buddies, uh, as well as they, you know, sprint car racers and drag racers relate well, as you know. And uh, that would be a great day up there. Yep. Yep. Well, Tom, thank you. I've actually heard all about it, and and I really want to. I want to make that event. When does it happen? October. It's uh, it's November. It's always the uh, George. I believe it's always the second Saturday in November. Isn't that it? Second Saturday in November. Okay. So we uh, we'll have to do that, Tom, and and. uh, um, man, I had to unfortunately miss it Saturday because I had to make a blazing trip to 
Kernersville, North Carolina, which you know where that is, up at Winston, and uh, oh, yeah. and back. So I just had to take care of a buddy of mine had a problem, and I was there, and I, what do you do, you know? So I, we took care of it. It was, when I say it was a missing of mercy, he bought a really bad puppy bike, and I went down and picked it up with him because he had to get it home by Saturday. So so there was my mission of mercy. I cannot tell a lie. It was a dear friend that that uh, got his new bike, and he's happier to pig and poop, you know. So I yep. missed Bruce Larson's deal. But, but Tom, thanks for calling in, and, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again soon. Hi, call me anytime, Wally. Thanks, Tommy. Hey, Wally. Have a good Thanksgiving. You too. Very, very, very much so. A very good one. Hey, well, can you believe it's Thanksgiving already? Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, George. Hey, um, I'm watching the uh, the chat room here, and I may be the last person to know this, but I uh, can't believe it. But um, according to Jack Red and uh, others, uh, the Allen Abbey team has been dissolved. It's all, and that rumor. would mean Dixon, Warsham, and Manzo are out of out of a sponsorship. Well, there are this. The teams will get new sponsors, and the the ball will keep rolling with American dollars. Maybe I don't know. Don't want to sound like an old redneck, but that's all conjecture. Nothing is for real yet. A lot of talk about it. Uh, Alan Johnson alluded to it right at the World Finals the other day. You know, but mm-hmm. so nothing definite. It uh, every door closes, another one opens. They'll be all right. You know. Um, yeah, I just I was just not aware of it, and. Um, that's possibly because I haven't really been on any, uh, you know, uh, any site that has anything about it, and I just must have missed it. So no, it, it, as soon as there's real fact out there, I'm sure the world will know. But hell, it'll go on. Life will go on. You know, it. it uh... Well, listen, hang on, guys. Let's take our first commercial break. We got a a great young man calling us uh, to talk about. Uh... A real serious problem and uh, kind of an interesting problem in drag racing. So Todd Bridges will be with us when we come back. But Jeff, let's take a break and come back with Todd. As one of NASCAR's top 50 drivers of all time, we've come to associate Jeffrey Bodine with high performance and ingenuity. Jeffrey's innovative contributions to the sport of racing continue with his line of detailing products. Waxing Frenzy is a breakthrough in surface technology. It is formulated to chemically bond with your surface to feed the finish, not coat it. The unique engulfing agent goes to work as soon as Waxing Frenzy touches the surface, encapsulating the dirt and contamination, lifting it away from the surface. This makes Jeffrey Bodine's Waxing Frenzy the only 
true one-step cleaner wax. It's easy to apply, even easier to remove. Use it in direct sunlight. Can be used by hand or with the buffer. No wax buildup equals no swirling and zero drag. Improves fuel mileage. Cuts waxing time in half. Odorless fingerprint retardant. Restores faded paint. If waxing frenzy won't bring it back, you need to paint your vehicle. Get yours today by clicking the link on the front page of racersreunion.com. Jeffrey Bodine's Waxing Frenzy. Broken heart, I can't help you. Rocket science, don't know what to tell you. I may not know how to get to the moon, but when I want to fly, my crew knows what to do. Crank around the world in the left rear. You're only turning 9,000 meter leather gear. Broadcasting live, this is The Wally Bell Show. Hey, we're back, everybody, and uh, we want to we thank uh, George Nye for a great brief presentation on the great day at Bruce Larson's and thank our buddy Tom Cotter, one of the true uh, icons of motorsports today, one of the best authors and car aficionados alive and uh, I can tell you what a career that man had. We have Todd Bridges on the line from Kansas City and Todd welcome to our show and Todd unfortunately you're uh, as we would say it's your story is not going to be a real happy story at this point is it? Well it sure doesn't look that way. Um, Two weeks ago from today we found out that the city uh, council was getting ready to make a vote to authorize the parks board uh, to purchase the land on which Kansas City International Raceway sits. And uh, wow. since then, we have learned um, a whole lot about what has happened over the last couple of months, and it, it isn't a good story. Um, the city uh, the owners of the track thought that they were... Well, I say the owners of the track, the owners of the track over the past 11 or 12 years has been talking with the city about uh, uh, a reasonable way to relocate the track, um, trying to find some mutually agreeable terms where they could get uh, at least a somewhat fair price for the racetrack and uh, a period of time, a finite period of time to operate you know where we are, and allow uh, them to uh, find a way to relocate, put the funding together, find a location, get the zoning done, etc. Uh, back in 2008, there was a clearly stated desire by the city and by the local homeowners association that they wanted. The owners, they would be willing to sell the local homeowners association, which in our area is not just a subdivision, it's a whole area called the Little Blue Valley. And mm-hmm. um, uh, it was a desire on their part uh, to have the city and the owners find a mutually agreeable uh, plan. And again, that would include a a fair price, or at least an acceptable price, and and uh, time for relocation. 
I believe what has happened, or I know what has happened, uh, when the talks were not going the way that the, the city wanted, uh, they sent out a letter to the owners uh, telling them about the rights under condemnation. And condemnation is not like a, uh, oh, an ordinance guy does that condemns a house that's falling apart. Condemnation in this case is the tool by which they exercise eminent domain. I was going to ask you if that was the steps, you know, the the steps that were taking, taken. Um, Todd, one question I had along the way here, were, were things taken into consideration like the economic impact of KCIR to that area? Absolutely not. In fact, I just happened to be sitting here looking at the ordinance fact sheet the ordinance is what they pass giving the parks board the right to purchase it and there is a section uh, called finances one of the boxes cost and revenue pro- projections including indirect cost that section is blank there is a, wow. another box that says financial impact that is also blank as part of the process the legislative process they have a, another form called operating programmatic Subtitled Legislative Fiscal Notes. Um, it, there's one of the questions on there that they have to answer. Does this legislation estimate new or additional revenues to the city? No. Uh, there's zeros in the revenue detail. Where's the money coming from? Under general fund, zero. Special revenue, zero. Enterprise, wow. zero. Uh, does the legislation increase appropriations in the current budget? No. Is there, you know, does the legislation expand the scope of current city services? No. So I don't know how you buy something for a public use when you're threatening to use eminent domain. And uh, there is no, no, it says right here that no, this legislation doesn't expand the scope of current city services. You know, that, uh, Todd, and again, it's very easy for me to sit in Virginia and tell you in Kansas City that that somebody needs to look at that. Duh, you know. I mean, you're you're working your butt off to get people's attention. Uh, I guess I'm sure our listeners have the same question: Have you had this in front of some pretty good attorneys or in front of a uh, up and coming uh, legislator that would say, "Wow, this isn't right," you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, the the owners of the track have a, a very competent and uh, highly regarded and powerful attorney. They have spent, uh, my understanding to this point, have spent in excess of fifty thousand dollars in attorney fees. And this was uh, this number was given to me some uh, over about two weeks ago when it started. So I'm sure because of all the the back and forth and negotiations, ongoing attempts by the uh, their attorneys to put a plan in place to continue to operate there until we could relocate. I'm sure that their bill has jumped a ton. And it's my understanding in talking to um, a, a former city attorney, in fact, at City Hall today, she said it's not uncommon when you have a issue of this size, if you're going to really fight 
for fight eminent domain that a uh, $100,000 retainer for a real estate lawyer is not uncommon. Uh, and when they, when the city seemed really bound and determined to take your property, that yep. you may spend that 100000 plus and still not win. I was going to say, it's not like uh, you're putting new pistons and a new camshaft in and you know the thing will go faster. You know, it's not going to necessarily put you in a winner's circle to do it what are the what's going on right now todd have you got are you going out there and getting all kinds of signatures are you are you getting to the to the media locally and uh, like i said you know it doesn't cost you anything to get some of those people hopped up about it especially when you're talking about the zeros in the most important columns because most municipalities today are looking for revenue, you know? And, well, uh, exactly, and I'll address those as quick as I can. The As far as the media goes, yes, we have had a tremendous amount of coverage. Um, we have been on every local station multiple times, TV station. We have been on uh, the, the radio stations, a good deal of those multiple times. There is a... Um, Johnny Dare, radio personality that is a longtime uh, uh, drag racer and motorsports nut. He has talked about it almost daily. Um, the newspaper has covered it. They wrote an editorial this week that was very negative. Since then, we've had discussions with them clarifying our position. They they understood that they may have gotten at least a portion of their story wrong, so they are running, for lack of a better term, or my rebuttal mm-hmm. editorial piece in Saturday's paper. So we have gotten a ton of attention. I mean, this is something that's not happening quietly, unlike the legislative portion of this process, who, which was done very quietly and not in a public fashion. The fight that uh, we're doing for our cause here has been very public. Um, we did go in front of the mayor of City of Kansas City, put together a citizens' commission on municipal revenue, and they are holding some public hearings in regards to revenue issues. And we had an opportunity to be in front of that commission last night, and one of the commissioners turned around and asked a city official that was also in attendance, not part of the commission, but they're in attendance, to, were there any economic impact uh, studies done or discussion of that? Okay. And he said no. And I supported his by saying that yes in the ordinance fact sheet and the legislative, legislative fiscal notes that there was no information about loss of revenue, um, cost to develop a park, ongoing cost to maintain and police a park. Uh, one of the commissioners said, we should not close this racetrack down until we have another location. So uh, you know, we had an online p- petition, the, just a, a general fan or racer, I don't even know who started it on change.org, Mm-hmm. Last time I looked, we had 6,000 in excess of 6,100 people 
uh, sign that petition. Um, there's a kcmomentum.com website where the city has sponsored a website for people to make suggestions on how to keep and grow revenues. We have uh, our idea about operating the track for two or three years and keeping those revenues going and working with the city to build a bigger, better track uh, in conjunction with a motorsports city. We've had that idea posted there. So we've been trying to be very positive and, and, and try to find a win-win solution that meets everybody's needs and and the word continues to get out, and we're waiting to, you know, get some kind of solid, positive response from the city. Well, uh, Todd, thank you so much, especially at the last minute, to uh, to pop in here. I'm going to be staying in touch with you very, very often, and 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 a lot, and. Uh, you know, as a racer, as an old racer, a retired racer, and God, Gordy and I raced at KCIR. I think Gordy raced there more than I did, but beautiful area, beautiful people. Uh, it's uh, it's the heartland of America, obviously. I didn't just coin that, I but I uh, it is, and you guys are uh, are just a great lot out there, and I want it to something good to come out of it, so. Time is well, running out do. for us tonight. We've got Todd. a great heritage of drag racing in Kansas City, and oh God, and, Bob uh, Sullivan comes to mind. Here. Yeah, every I'm time sorry? I think of Kansas City, I think of Bob Sullivan. You know. Yeah, well, John Forks. Every time they go to Topeka, on his way either to Heartland Park from the airport, on the way back Heartland Park to the airport, he every year he stops by the track. Just to, just to think back on his early years and and how yeah. important it was when Chuck Corman, one of the previous owners, uh, gave him some money after an event to to make sure he could get to the next race. I was just going to well, say we've got a great great heritage here of drag racing in Kansas City. It's a historical track, been in operation since 1967 continuously. Well, Todd, well, got, what are they got... planning on doing with the property anyway? Well, they want to turn it into a park, and that's one of the things I think a lot of taxpayers are troubled about. The, the city just passed a bare-bones uh, budget, as they exactly. described it, a bare-bones parks budget, and then they're talking about adding a park to uh, our an already bird budget. Listen, guys, uh, Todd, and that, and that, and let you question go. I would Gordy, ask. we got to go to commercial break. Uh, Todd? We'll be talking to you soon. Thank you very much for taking time Thank tonight. Thank you guys for we'll having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. Let's take our break, Jeff.
Jeffrey Bodine's Waxing Frenzy. It's easy to apply, even easier to remove. Use it in direct sunlight. Can be used by hand or with the buffer. No wax buildup equals no swirling and zero drag. Improves fuel mileage. Cuts waxing time in half. Odorless fingerprint retardant. Restores faded paint. If Waxing Frenzy won't bring it back, you need to paint your vehicle. Get yours today by clicking the link on the front page of racersreunion.com. Jeffrey Bodine's Waxing Frenzy. Are you ready for a vacation? How about a carnival cruise? When you're ready to get down, or relax and be pampered. Yes, Mom, let me get your fresh power. Or escape to a romantic hideaway. Book your next carnival cruise with Christmas Travel and Tours. Fun, friendly, affordable. Call our friends at Christmas Travel and Tours for your next carnival cruise at 888-950-5849. That's 888-950-5849. Or on the web at christmastravelandtours.com. That's Christmas Travel and Tours because it doesn't have to be a holiday to take a holiday. Carnival. Fun for all. All for fun. Ships Registry, the Bahamas and Bahamas. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, founder of Racers Reunion. Social media is all about the buzz, and now's your chance to build an exciting career from the ground floor with Zeus Media Network and Racers Reunion. Zeus Media Network, offering the fastest-growing social Internet platforms in the marketplace, is seeking qualified candidates for local, regional, and national sales positions. The ideal candidate is a personable, self-starting racing fan with a passion for helping companies grow. Top performers are rewarded with a generous, competitive commission structure and Unlimited potential. If you possess the fire to succeed at sale and want to work with a company on the cutting edge of technology, email your resume and contact information to Carol at ZeusMediaNetwork.com. Once again, email your resume and contact information to Carol at ZeusMediaNetwork.com. Broadcasting live, this is the Wally Bell Show. We're back, everybody, and got our good friend Roger Carter here. And Roger is is a, a motorsports guy. He's done a little bit of everything, but his his present life. Uh, he's been on our show before. Roger owns a ARCA slash NASCAR Cup team, and and uh, Jeff, that's uh, that's. Not a big deal. That doesn't cost much to have a team like that put together, does it? Oh no, that's a piece of cake, man. Just a few, uh, a few sleepless nights here and there. But Roger, again, welcome. And and off the air, I was telling you, you know, Gordy and I really know how it feels to get on the road and keep your rig under you so that you can get from point A to point B. On top of all kinds of challenges this year. You were heading for Kansas City, as a matter of fact, and what happened? Well, we had some issues with our hauler. Um, you know, it's we don't quite have the late model, late model trucks that some of the other teams have, and we just happen to have some troubles with uh, with our tractor, and we couldn't get it together in time, and you know, to get up there, and, and it was real disappointing, and we hated to miss that race. Uh, I had some sponsorships for that deal, and. You know, it's just the thing that happens in racing, and when you run on a smaller budget, you can't, you know, you don't have the late model trucks, and, you know, you're running with something with a million miles on it, you're, you're bound to have some issues. It can happen, and, and if, if you're like me, uh, it usually is something that could be fixed, but you can't get parts for what 
I have, right? Right, and that was our issue. It's just a time frame. Um, I had my other smaller trailers out on a show car deal, and we just couldn't put it together uh, to get up there in time. And I, you know, like I said, that was a big disappointment to me because that was a track that I really wanted to run. And you know, I like Kansas, I like the people up in Kansas, and you know, it really was a disappointment for us. But you know, you just got to pick up the pieces and go on, I guess. Well, Roger, just to to further. Uh to further make uh, Roger Carter's life just a little bit more interesting, um, what happened at the next race? We're going to throw some more salt on the wound, right, Wally? <laughs> I know. I hate to do it. I, I I was telling you off the air that I I kind of changed. You know, I said that we'd have a wide open. Roger's going to tell it like it is. Well, a few weeks pass and things don't seem quite as bad as they were, but. Dealing with uh, a sanctioning body, I guess, is what I'm going to bring it up to. When you went to this race, you had to fight the damn sanctioning body, correct? Yeah, we had a bad issue there. And, you know, I want to say that, and I've got to say this because in all fairness to everybody, just like I was telling you off the air, Archive raced with them for 22 years now. They're, we've never had any issues like this. And... Clearly, there is a rule about the tires, you know, that you have to purchase new tires, but it has not been enforced. And just for that, for saying that, I've only bought one brand new set of tires this year, and that was in Michigan. I've been racing on used tires all season, and I've raced on them at Madison. And, and you know, and my understanding of the rule was that if you qualify, and let's say I qualify like we did at Toledo, 21st and 25th or 6th, whatever it was, we go to the end of the people that, you know, did buy new tires that made it on time. That was my understanding of the rule. That is what was explained to me by several officials, and that's what happened at Madison. And then we get to Toledo, and we put both our cars in the show in a very tight field, and they sent us home saying that we didn't buy new tires and that everybody that purchased new tires goes in front of us. I guess my biggest complaint with this rule is it, it makes no logical sense because people who are teams who get a provisional that can start without making it on time can race on used tires. They don't have to buy new tires. So why, if a team like us goes and makes the race with both our cars on used tires, we get basically, they, don't, they won't let me use this term, I'm going to still use it, is disqualified out of the race, and yet provisional cars still raced on used tires so that's that just doesn't make any sense to me it should be cut and dry neither no used tires or used tires it's it's just a very confusing rule well it it is and you know i think for uh for anybody that uh is a fan of auto racing but not really uh you know not privy to what goes on in 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 the terms of expenses uh, if I came to you, Roger, and said, I'll buy you new tires in 2012, I am a major sponsor on your team, aren't I? Absolutely. Yeah, tires are one of the big, biggest expenses for us. If you average it out, you should really buy three sets of new tires every racetrack you go to for each car. And, you know, when you're talking $2,300 a set on, uh, you know, interliner tires and 1300 set for short track tires, it, you know, it's pretty expensive. So, yeah, you're a major player if you're buying tires. It's, uh, it ain't cheap, and, and I can no. see. And, you know, I, I, you explained that, I think, very clearly as far as, uh, you know, what the rule is as stated or whatever. Um, 
you know it 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 doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make any sense i know but god i i hate it but the rule book often doesn't make a lot of sense uh, you know you, you you can always come up with a scenario that just flies right in your face you know yeah and it 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 does and it bit me there and you know my biggest thing with it is i went through practice two two tech lines we went through to be approved to be on the racetrack and no one from the arca walked up to us and said you know you're wasting your time you got two fast cars here but you're still not getting going to get in the show because you didn't buy new tires that that was my biggest i guess that was the most damaging thing to me was if someone would have just walked up to us because i have a really great relationship with these people and been doing business with them a long time and they treat me very good all it would have took was them to say you got to buy new tires and i would have you know and it, that was probably the most disappointing thing to me is it was just a communication to send me home it, it just was really you know disheartening well and, and i'm sure i'm sure it was and and uh but Roger, good news at Roger Carter Racing. You've got a couple of new drivers. You're going to Daytona with a bunch of cars. Um, things are looking up, aren't they? Yeah, we've actually closed several deals, and right at this point, we are. It looks very solid, solid that we're going to be a four-car ARCA team next year. Um, I have uh, Cardell Lawrence out of Kansas City coming with some of the strongest backing that I've ever had in ARCA series to that i've got a really great uh younger guy out of florida um danny esposito that's getting in in my 04 car and i'm looking forward to that i think he's going to be a real good asset to us um i've got michael bacher um he's been actually an airline pilot for u.s air um he's trying to get back into racing after many years and of course me in the 40 car right now and I'm working on a couple other things that it may put me out doing something else. I may be actually driving for another team when this all plays out because I've got a fourth gentleman that may be coming in as well. Boy, that's exciting. You know, I I got to tell you, Roger, that watching my old buddy Venturini turn his operation around, and, of course, Billy uh, is doing a great job running that thing, uh, you know, that that concept works very well. You bring the expertise uh, the driver comes in, and if they have the resources, you can put them out there. Yeah, and you're right, and Billy's done a great job of that, and I kind of look to their organization as the most successful ARCA team there is in, in the garage, and I think anybody that looks at it can say that. Um, I've got a lot of respect for their organization, and I kind of, you know, I, I would like to move towards that, and that's what we're really trying to do is get in the position where Dodge is going to be helping us a lot more, it looks like, in 2012. Um, of course, I got Nick Tucker, which anybody that knows him, that's the most, uh, he is just a genius with a race car. And, you know, he does so much he, for my shop and he runs the floor in the shop and takes care of my guys. And we have a long history together. And, you know, this team of ours is very, we have a lot of great chemistry and I can really see us prospering this in 2012 and all these new drivers that are coming on. They all kind of fit into the same category as what we are. And, I think we're going to have a lot of great success in 2012. I really do. This is, you know, out of 22 years of racing, this is my strongest year I see going into as, as having some great success. I love it. I love to to feel it. And Jeff Gilder's an old oval track racer. So, Jeff, when you hear Roger talking like that, that makes your competitive juices even flow, doesn't it? It makes me think right off the bat he could have a fifth driver if he really wanted one. <laughs> 
I know it. I, uh, <laughs> Jeff, you know how you can tell. And I'll bet it even have brakes on it too. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would, I would, I would hope so. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't, know, you know, Roger. You know how I I could tell that you'd be in that forty car because on Facebook you're going to the gym every day. I thought, holy mackerel, he's turning himself into Superman again. He's doing it. Wally, I'm 42 years old. I got to do something to keep up with these kids. <laughs> <laughs> you're a baby, man. 42, you're just getting going. Oh, that, that's exciting, though. It really is. And and you know what I'm. You know Jeff what I'm. I, the, I bet Jeff goes to the gym every day too, don't he? <laughs> Absolutely. He yeah, he does if he had time. <laughs> it. it uh, you know, I wanted to ask you this. Our our little buddy Trevor is up in uh, Ohio. Did uh, you got to spend some time up there? Didn't you? Yeah, we went up there not too long ago, and I'll tell you what. I've got some things planned for him, and I haven't said anything about it. But we're going to do some nice stuff for him this year. Um, I love that family. I've been so busy. I haven't had a chance to spend as much time as I have in the past, I still talk to him all the time, you know, we'll talk back and forth on Facebook or quick message, you know, but um, we have some things coming up this year that I really want to do for the family, and I mean, all my guys that are involved, my wife, my wife Dana, just, you know, her and Heather are very close, and uh, I, I just look forward to this year. I think that we can actually do some things, you know, financially, and some things that I'd like to see for the family that I try to do this year that just, you know, the economy, my situation, it just didn't quite get where I wanted it to. But you know what? I'm a fighter. I don't give up on anything. I've, you know, I've, I've failed at a lot of things in life, but I get right back up and, and, you know, we just keep plugging away at it. And if we don't give up, we're, we'll get there, you know? You know something, it, it, very wise words from you and uh, Roger, you're, you know, your generosity with young people in particular with that young guy, Trevor uh, Coleman. Uh, a lot of our friends, Roger, I've, uh, you know, I've tipped them off or they've picked it up from previous shows, but my buddy Jack Red and a whole bunch of people are friends of Trevor's on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you, that little guy, you've, you've told a story many times, but he hasn't had a healthy day in, uh, nearly in his whole life, has he? No, he hasn't. And I'll tell you what, you don't want to know the, the sad thing about that? I think he's probably happier than you and me and everybody put together. I know. I, I, That's what incredible. I love about the guy. That's what just lights my whole, whenever I see him, you know, he's just a, a, an inspiration to anybody. I, you know, and, and not to mention him, the, the, you know, Dalton and Clayton, the brothers, they are just, the whole family is such a close nucleus that it's its amazing to watch them, how they work, and the sacrifices that, that the other two kids have to put up with and deal with because, and they don't care. They are just so happy to do it, and they, I don't ever see any, you know, what you would think is, is a little bit of uh, animosity or anything amongst the family because so much attention has to be paid to Trevor, but they're just such a close, wonderful family, and I'm just I'm just blessed to know them. Every time I get down and think my life is terrible, I'll go on Facebook and look and just see that the kid brightens my day, you know? And not in a bad way. I mean, it's just a, not in a pity way for, for them because I know that's not Heather and that's not what they are, and that's, that's none of that at all. It's, it's, it's actually... Just to look at how they are, it's a wonderful family. I mean, it just—they're great people. 
Well, Roger, you're great people, and and uh, like I said, the trials and tribulations of of running a cup team, a multifaceted cup team. Um, Jeff Gilder told me he said he figures that you could run the whole season for about fifty grand uh, on all four cars, right, Jeff? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, especially if he's using used tires, right, Roger? Nothing yeah. to it, man. Well, if we could get if we can get some old bias belt tires somewhere, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, if we could go back to 1970, we'd be in good shape. <laughs> yeah, I know it. I'm not sure you could do it then, but maybe. I don't know. Uh, well, I, 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 I think, to be honest with you, to really run skimpy, low bottom dollar to run the whole season, you know, you're still in the in the two to three hundred thousand range. I mean, to even do it. Um, you know, we like to see the seven fifty million dollars a year season. You know, per car, I can't quite get there, but you know, I'm hope to. Um, on the Cup side, you know, if we go run a race, you really need to see two hundred to three hundred thousand a race. Even it's just really tough. I mean, the Cup side just to put a motor in the car is fifty three thousand dollars for one race. So it's you know. It's just a crazy business, and that's all you can say about it. it as I say, John Force said it best. He, I, I watched his show one time, and he he gets up every morning, and says, "I got to fight this fight because this tiger just eats money, and that's all that it is." Every morning you get up and figure out what you're going to do to put enough budget together to keep this thing going, and that's exactly what it's like. Roger, on that fifty-three thousand dollar motor, that's a one race lease, right? One one race is fifty-three thousand dollars for a cup race to run a motor. What if you pop it and you go rent one? Well, that's if you blow it up. If it's not your responsibility, you know, if you didn't do something negligent, they'll they'll eat it. But if it's you know, but you know, like I say, one race is fifty-three grand. And you look at the purse money and say, well, you you know, cup race, you might get sixty fifty, you know, sixty seventy thousand dollars to start the race. But then you got another, you got a twenty-five thousand dollar tire bill on top of that, and then your entry fee. You know, it's it's just a crazy business. So you've got to be financially backed no matter what in any of these series. Well, you know, it's funny what, uh, and I'm glad you quoted John. Uh, John, I, I I remember that statement and and uh i think about it a lot you know it's uh i think about it's you know it's the old story roger we as racers have always been and gordy you got to bear me out on this our worst enemies because we want to go faster and faster and faster and when you go faster it costs money that's what banjo banjo said man speed costs money how fast you want to go yeah and I used to have that on a wall in the back of my chassis shop in in Georgia. Yeah, yeah. I mean it. Uh, people people just like walk Roger in wanting a car built or wanting modified something done to their car. That was the sign in the big, huge letters in the back wall. Speed okay. costs money. How fast you want to go? Well, it's not for the faint-hearted. Uh, 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 you know, I get so damn tired about. You know about people, especially in the game you're in, Roger, where where tempers flare occasionally, and and um, instead of getting out of the car and getting it on somewhere behind a trailer, go out and do uh, what thirty, forty thousand dollars worth of damage to a car. Right. Um, some guys, not all, but some guys do. And Christ, when you get done adding those numbers up, the tire bill, the engine uh, lease bill. Uh, and you got to get the car home in one piece, and if you got a driver in there, you got to give him something, and the crew won't work for nothing. So, 
uh, it's not cheap. So it well, it takes a good businessman, I guess, you know. Well, my guys get on me really hard because I make them worry, and they're always on me because if you ever watch my practice times as, a, as to my qualifying times, they're usually about a second to two seconds different. And it's because I'm a car owner mentality. I take it very easy on my stuff. If I, I know what I got when I go out there and I say, you know, this thing's going to make the race. I'm fine. I'm running on used tires. Why am I burning my tires up? So I, I take it easy. I qualify easy. I just put it in the show, you know. And then yeah. it's, you know, they, they they get on me all the time about that because they look at my practice times. They're like, man, why are you so slow? Don't worry about it. We're going to be fine. So it's, I know what you mean. I, I live off a different mentality because I own the stuff and I, you know, I'm thinking about what it costs and I don't want to burn my motor up. And, you know, so, yeah, it's just, uh, it's always about being conservative with me. Well, it, and that's not a bad thing. You know what I like when we were talking I'm the jerk that got us on the money thing. Let's get off that. Because, <laughs> yeah. Roger, one thing I hate in this world is reality. I, yeah, you're going to make me not sleep tonight, aren't you, Wally? <laughs> yeah, I know. I apologize. <laughs> you know why? Even the movies I love. I, I said that to somebody this morning. Favorite movie. Field of Dreams, man. That's my favorite yeah. movie. I like uh, uh, reality is horrible. It sucks. I don't even want to know about it. So let's talk yeah, about racing. Go. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll get somebody to throw some money in the coffers, and we can drive by and shake hands with some people and let them take a picture. of Rod- You're pretty, Roger, so they can take your picture and put you on a thing. You get paid for that, and you- then you can go racing, you know, and that because yeah. the racing <laughs> is the beautiful thing, you know? Right, right. I mean, it, uh, it's a... It's a phenomenal thing, whether it's it's oval track or stock cars or sports cars or or, yeah. or anything, you know. And racing. I mean, I'm a fan of all forms of racing. I mean, I I love racing, and I I grew up, you know. I just my father was here this weekend, and and you know we we were talking go karts and motorcycles, and you know I'm just that's just me. I've always liked speed. I've always enjoyed. I also enjoy the car owner side. So, you know, unfortunately, I mean, I haven't been able to pursue my driving career like I wished I could have because it's always been back to the dollars and cents. But, you know, I still enjoy any facet of auto racing. And, you know, you're right. It's it's something that we live and we sleep and all we think about. And, you know, I, I've been in so many different businesses in my life. I've owned car dealerships or manufacturing companies. And I work my tail off to, to and I always said, all I do is work harder to make more money to buy better race cars and that's the way my whole life has been i love it you know in my in my life forgive this the personal uh reference but but when i left the uh, charlotte area i told you before roger we'd have met a long time ago because randy we would have run it because of randy and different uh, a lot of different people but i was surrounded with people that lived in a world different than the average person lives in including the very fans of that sport or any of the racing when you're when you're a racer and you're in the inside so to speak uh whatever it takes you you, you just do it you find a way it's a uh you know i can uh, broke a crankshaft well christ you don't buy a crankshaft anymore for a couple of grand you know you really got to spend some money and boy you got to go beg somebody to help you patch up a block and you got to call Gordy right. and get something repaired and this and that. I, I miss hanging with those kind of people 
fortunately, I've got a nice young man right down the street from me here that I get to hang with a little bit and and reminisce those days that meant a lot more to me than than civilian life because if you're a racer, you're a racer, you know? That's right. And I, you maybe bring, made something come to my mind. I think about, I don't know if you know him, but Danny Glad built my engines for the longest time. Oh, and, you know, he used to just... He used to just, every time something, he would see something on TV, he would like, oh, man, here you come. You're going to bring this here begging me just to fix this and do that and patch it together because that's that's what you do, you know. it's I run my engines so long. I mean, they say you run them 700 miles. Some say 900. I've ran them as much as 1,300 and 1,400 miles. I keep putting valve springs on them just trying to keep them alive. And the, the interesting story, I was at Toledo, and I was sitting in line to go out to practice, and I'm looking, and I was like, what's on fire in the pits? You know, I'm looking around, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's coming out my tailpipe. So I had to shut it off because it was smoking so bad, sitting in qualifying line and sitting to go practice. I'm like, this thing is just wore out. So, so oh, I know God. what I mean. We do what we got to do. So You do, and, and uh, well, Roger, we're going to have to say goodnight again, and We'll do this again, and I'll be down during the holidays, and I'm going to find you and darken your door. Oh, please do, man. Please do. We'll, we'll go out and have some dinner and have a good time, and uh, I would love that, Wally. So, well, you're you're an awesome guy, and, and for God's sakes, don't stop doing what you're doing. And um, if if Jeff Gilder pushes a couple of the right buttons, he'll lease you a brand new Kenworth, and you won't have to worry about getting to the races anymore. There you go. That would be that's, helpful, that's for sure. <laughs> does that sound good, Jeff? I mean, is that... Not a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> Jeff, I, I, he's... You know what he's doing? He's a multitasker, Roger, so I can get him to say yes to anything because I know yeah, he's doing go. something else on the keyboard down there at the, stadi- at the station, you know, but... Well, Roger, have a wonderful evening. We're going to have to bring this show to a close and... uh Gordy Faust, thank you. George Nye, thank you. You're welcome. And well, thank all you guys, and uh, it's always a pleasure to be on your show, and I'll do it anytime. I enjoy it. Thank you. Let's say uh, thank you to all of the people that are serving their country, and let's say thank you to all of our listeners and all of our friends on the chat line, and and uh, Roger Carter, and... And uh, what a night we had. Uh, Todd was, it was wonderful to hear from Todd. It's too bad it was such a bad subject. Tommy Cotter, we had a hell of a night here tonight. Enjoyed every second of it. Hope you all did. Thank you again. Good night. All right, man. Ah, Hit it. We hit it. We hit it. We hit it. All right, fellas. Y'all have a good evening. All right. Good evening. Take care, fellas. Y'all have a good Thanksgiving, too. You too, man. You too, Gordy. You too, guys. God bless you. Good night. Good night.